Welcome back to the Brian DeVore Connection. I am Brian DeVore. Today I'm here with Rebecca Turman with the Alzheimer's Association for San Diego and Imperial Counties. Rebecca, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me, Brian. Yeah, it's my pleasure. So Alzheimer's disease um, currently affects about 6 million people in the United States, and they say by 2050 up to 13 million people. Talk to us about Alzheimer's, and I know some people think, oh, is that dementia? How is, what, what is Alzheimer's disease? Talk to us a little more about that. Yes, um, it is difficult to understand. The dementia is a condition, and it's an umbrella term for the different types of dementia that fall under that umbrella, with Alzheimer's being the most common at 60 to 80% of the cases. Alzheimer's is a progressive and fatal brain disease, and there is no cure. Got it. Okay. And so, so you have dementia as sort of the, the umbrella, and there's other types of diseases or other diseases under that. Alzheimer's, if that's the one that most people think about when they talk about memory loss and things of that nature. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. Okay. Yeah. It's Got the most it. common, and that's the word. But dementia is just the umbrella term, like we said, that uh, covers all the other types, like Lewy bodies, Parkinson's, um, frontal temporal lobe de uh, dementia. Um, there's several others that are not as prevalent. Mm -hmm. That's why Alzheimer's is the most common. Got it. Now, I just threw out a couple little stats there, but I know there's a lot more stats that I think are going to be pretty meaningful for people. What are some of the things we should be th hearing about and thinking about? Yes, uh, for instance, um, one in three seniors will die of Alzheimer's or another dementia. And you mentioned the six million Americans living with Alzheimer's right now in our country. Um, over 11 million family members and friends are providing unpaid care for those six million, which va is valued at about $257 billion. Wow. Um, there's uh, the sixth leading cause of death. Alzheimer's is the sixth leading cause of death in the country. Um, and it kills more people than breast cancer and prostate cancer combined. And during the pandemic, we saw an increase of Alzheimer's deaths of 16%. Yeah, and I know some of the seniors that I work with, I know over the last couple of years, I, I've seen that decline, you know, for sure. But the good news is there's some good news. Um, mm -hmm. And the Alzheimer's Association is one of those pieces of good news. So talk to us about the Alzheimer's Association, sort of the history, and what role they're playing in research and making this, you know, perhaps a light at the end of the tunnel. Yes, the Alzheimer's Association was founded in 1980 by a group of family caregivers and individuals who recognized the need for an organization that would unite caregivers and support families and people facing Alzheimer's and advance research into the disease. Now we have over 80 chapters nationwide and we are third in the world in research behind the US and Chinese governments. So there's always something happening and progress being made. Wow, so research, what kind of research is being done? Uh, there's lots of different things and too many to get into, but um, we have had more recently, uh, last June, um, there was a new FDA-approved drug called um, Adjuhelm uh, that was uh, approved by the FDA for early-stage people who are going through the early stages of the disease. Um, it's very complex and more than we have time for today, um, but it is uh, out there on the market um, and it is being utilized in some uh, ways for some people who qualify for it. Got it. Okay. So it's nice that there are multiple chapters throughout the United States. You don't just have just one organization and people aren't going to say, well, how do I get involved? You have local representation, local chapters that help people both. And your chapter is for San Diego and Imperial Counties. What are some of the resources that people can get from the local chapter? Well, uh, nationally and locally, we have our 800 number, which is our 24-7 helpline. People can get help there any time of the day, day or night. Um, it's 800-272-3900, and it's staffed by master's level clinicians available in over 200 languages. 
Um, and then we have our websites. We have our national website, ALZ.org, and our local website for our chapter at ALZ.org slash San Diego. And we provide uh, Alzheimer's education programs such as the 10 warning signs, understanding Alzheimer's and dementia, kind of what we're talking about now, um, healthy living for your brain and body and how we can stay healthy as we age. Um, and then we also offer support groups and many other resources and services that we can bride, provide through our chapter and through our website and our 800 number. Um, and then we also have ways you can get involved, uh, like volunteering, and you can become a member of, uh, of our trial, um, clinical matching service, trial match. Um, you can become an advocate at the federal and state levels. And you can also get involved with our fundraising efforts um, with our walked into Alzheimer's in the longest day. So yeah, I participated in the last walk, which was great up in yes. Escondido. That was fantastic. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a great way to support, you know, the money that comes in goes towards research, but also to help support the families, you know, that have this disease. So typically, how, how do people get involved generally if, if they have a family member, perhaps, who is just diagnosed with Alzheimer's? Um, what happens next? They contact you and you, and you provide a, a list of resources, or how does it work? Yeah, they contact us, and then, um, you know, if they want more, if they just need basic questions, we answer that. But if they need more and they need resources um, and things in their area, for instance, if they live in a certain area, we get their zip code. Um, in our, we have them talk to someone that is specifically can find things for them in their area. So if they need um, adult daycare, or if they need um, a support group, we have that. Or if they need um, assisted living or a memory care unit or something like that. Our people on our helpline can help them find places in their area uh, based on their zip code and what they're looking for. And they have all that information that they can you know, impart to them so that they can make the right decisions. Uh, maybe they're looking for, you know, uh, uh, elder law and they need somebody in the legal field. Maybe they need a doctor, maybe they need a neurologist. Um, they can provide them those, those tools to, to get on their journey. There's a lot of things that people need, need and resources. And I understand, too, with the stat you gave about how the unpaid caregivers and how much our economy loses, you know, because of that. Uh, but people oftentimes forget uh, that it's those caregivers that sometimes, you know, can suffer even more because they're watching this. And I know care the, the death rate of, of caregivers, 60% of them pass away before the person with the disease. So these support services are going to be crucial for people um, who are taking care of uh, their family members. Yes, and we, you know, we like to make sure that the caregivers take care of themselves. It's just we make that analogy of, you know, when you're on an airplane and you, they have to put your, your oxygen mask on, make sure that you put yours on first before you help your loved one or your child or your, your grandmother or something because you want to be make sure you're safe first before you start helping them because they, you need to take care of them. So you need to take care of yourself as a caregiver, and a lot of caregivers forget that and they neglect their health and so forth, and that's the stat you mentioned about where people, the caregiver sometimes passes away before the loved one does because they're not taking care of them themselves. We can help with that with our support groups, for instance, so they can get help and on how to deal with their loved one during this journey, but also it helps them, you know, a place to, to have an outlet to talk about what they're going through. And we have other, you know, resources and, and you know, brochures and things like that that they can read on you know, taking care of themselves as the caregiver because it is, uh, many of them are doing it in, in addition to their full-time jobs. Um, and that's a big takes a big toll. Um, or many people, like I said, the unpaid care, they have to quit their jobs to be able to care for their loved one that has this disease because they can't be left alone. So then there's that lack of income, obviously. That's a big thing. Right. So um, we have lots of you know things that we can provide and suggest um, that they can do to help them in their journey. If it's getting live, you know, finding some live-in care to help them 
some, somebody to come in for a few hours a day to give them some respite. Um, now that things are opening back up again, people maybe can go to a place that has adult, adult days so they can leave their loved one there. You know, it depends, again, on the uh, stage of the person's disease and so forth. But there's lots of resources out there, and people need to know because they might think they can do it, and you can't do it all by yourself. No, there's no way. I was a caregiver for my mother, so I know. <laughs> yeah, it takes a village for sure. Yes. And, and one of the one of my quests is to connect people with the resources that will help them because there's a lot of people who need those resources. There's a lot of great resources like the Alzheimer's Association that's getting them connected. Hopefully this video will help get those people connected. We'll get it out there so people can learn more about what a wonderful organization you have and all the support um, and resources you guys can provide for people. Great, thank you. Yeah, we, we appreciate that. We, we want people to know we're here to help and we're here, like I said, 24-7. Uh, there's always someone that can speak to them. We always say if people are 3 o'clock in the morning and they're at their wits end and they don't know what to do and they, they're, they don't know where to turn and they have questions, they can call our helpline and people are there. And like I said, there's these fantastic people on the helpline that are there to help and, and just talk them down off that ledge if they, if they need it. And um, you know, they can call us too for what they need and you know, get them started on that you know, path because sometimes they just don't know where to turn. Right. And that we're that first place that they can turn to. Perfect. Great. So... You heard it here. Uh, if you need any help when it comes to Alzheimer's, um, you, you know who to call. The number has been on your screen, the 800 number. So call it day or night. Uh, they'll be there to assist you and get involved with the Alzheimer's Association, get involved with the walk, etc. Anything you can do to support this wonderful organization um, that helps a lot of people. Rebecca, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you, Brian. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. It. Thanks for watching. Hey everybody, Jared Sebesti, your host of Retire Repurposed. This podcast is dedicated to help people transition into fulfilling and purposeful retirements. Retirement is a big life change. In fact, the two most dangerous years of a person's life are the year they were born and the year they retire. Few people could just flip the switch from working a career 30 or 40 plus years retiring on Friday without methodical steps to living what we call a repurposed retirement. To listen now, search Retire Repurposed on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.